and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. how are you (laughs) welcome welcome to episode 48 of the money magic podcast my name is vangile makwakwa i am your host for the show i am the founder of wealthy money i help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can find love with their bank accounts increase income and live their best lives. I'm also the author of Heart, Mind and Money, Using Emotional Intelligence for Financial Success. So in episode 47, you guys heard me talk about uh, pricing and the importance of pricing when building your business and also how pricing can impact profitability, right? And how it impacts our ability to scale because if we are underpricing, that means that we have less of a profit and that also means that our gross income goes all the way down which makes it harder for us to be able to uh, hire people who can support us in our businesses and even buy software or pay for certain services that would really help our businesses scale and grow so I know that the, that can sometimes be a difficult topic. Pricing, the fear of asking for money, the fear of invoicing. We covered that a lot in episode 47, which is based off of one of the live classes that I did during the seven day tapping into ancestral wisdom training, which is a training that's available for people that are on the waiting list of the Money Magic course and who are interested in the Money Magic course. We do it together in, as a collective when I'm opening up the Money Magic course. And then I do these live classes where I'm answer questions that students have brought have brought forth. So I have done a live class around the myth of overpricing in the Money Magic student group. So 
Because it's such a big thing, right? The fear is that like if I overprice, people will not buy from me, right? And if I overprice, people will think that I'm crazy. This whole idea of overpricing, right? So in today's class, I think it will be really, really helpful for us to unpack this concept of overpricing because overpricing... A lot of us come from this background that assumes that the market can only handle X amount in terms of price. But the truth is, if you look around us, <laughs> there, there are different products on the market that are priced differently for different people, right? And some, some people think, oh no, that is too expensive. Some think, oh no, that's too cheap. I will never pay that much. And yet, a lot of different products in the same industry still get sold, right? So let's talk about overpricing and how scary it is and why it's a myth, right? Because often we're not overpricing, we're just not talking to the target market for our particular product or service, right? So the real question should really be, how do we get in front of that target market, right? Okay, so if you enjoy this class and you're like, oh my God, I love what this podcast is about, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Um, well, five-star rating and leave us a review. Leave us comments on Podbean. Leave us comments on YouTube. Thank you for the YouTube comments, by the way, and the YouTube shares. Um, we really appreciate that. So yeah, and also if you're loving this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, the Money Magic student grew, uh, the Money Magic course sounds like it's for me because I've listened to so many of the students that have come on this podcast sharing their stories and their aha moments and their shifts, then I want to invite you to uh, register for the Money Magic course or get on the waiting list if the course is not open for registration. Whenever you're listening to this or watching this, you can go to register or get on the waiting list at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. And now, without any further ado, let us head on over to this class where we talk and learn about overpricing right and the myth of overpricing okay so i wanted to just talk a little about the pricing thing um pricing too high and pricing too low and 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 whew, lord where do i even start because it's only now that i'm starting to get these insights right so it's not like i've always had these insights actually it was kind of crazy uh, I had this download um, the day I coached Busi, which she talked a little about. So it was about two Wednesdays ago and I was coaching Busi on pricing, right? And uh, what had happened was I'd had this insane download in yoga and then I kind of like dumped it on Busi on the coaching session and she's just been like, oh. <laughs> right? Because I hadn't had time to just process it for myself. So sometimes my clients get like the fresh everything and then they like out for the next two weeks because they're trying to figure out what the hell just happened because <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what just happened. So um, yeah, so... Uh, when it comes to pricing, right? So I, it's always so interesting about this pricing thing, right? Especially because Numveli so actually just tagged. I just saw that 
five days ago when I was offline, she tagged me on a post in um what is this brown sense and this woman who was selling Malam Khodu, which is your what is this? Oh, intestines. Um, is is that the right English translation, guys? Like, is malamkhoru like the English word intestines? Because what's coming up for me is like burnahut. <laughs> so I'm trying to find the English word for for non-South Africans that are watching this and they don't know it, right? So she's selling it on brown sense. She had made sump. So if you're watching this and you're not South African, because I know we have quite a few people, <laughs> we have quite a few people from um, the US and from the UK in, this, uh, in the course and in the group. So I'm trying to figure out how to explain um Samp and Malamkhodu and all these things. So Samp is like a traditional South African, actually no, not Samp, Stamp. So she had made a Stamp and Malamkhodu uh, and some gravy. So it's just, so let's just say this is traditional South African meals, right? So people in Brown Sands had freaked out that this woman was charging 85 Rand, which I guess in US dollars is for a plate of our traditional food so people are feeling all sorts of effects about this right and Nomveliso had tagged me and explained to this woman that it doesn't matter like that her pricing is perfect she prices according to what she believes this plate is worth and what she has done and someone on there also said that you know like she also so she went so someone else went on Nomveliso's um comment and Nomveliso tagged me and said please follow Vangile and then you'll start to understand what we're talking about with pricing just go with your price and I was very happy people did that right because obviously there's this attitude that you can't price that much like somehow we all have an idea of what someone should price regardless i mean why can't you price whatever you want to price for whatever dish I, at the end of the day if i'm selling malam khodu for 85 rand the, the customer has every right to decide that they don't want to buy it at that price and they can go and buy it at like 20 rand somewhere, right? So in the village, I'm sure, I think, I don't know how much Tepan paid today. He, we actually stopped for Malam Khoru and Pap with honey and Tepan. Not me, of course, because I don't eat, because I don't eat meat, but they had stopped and he had gotten Malam Khoru and I wanted the chilies that they made with it, which they didn't have. So I was all for stopping until I realized that they didn't have what the the chilies that they sell because uh, I didn't want to I haven't had time to make my own chili since I arrived so anyway back to the issue is that you can go to those women or you can go to this woman and buy so I think in the village it's maybe like 25 rand 30 rand right and you get up with it and all that and then this woman are selling for 85 some people just went berserk on the brown sense group from what i could see the price some people were excited about the pricing and the entire thing some people were just triggered by the pricing right which is so common we are triggered by pricing fam. <laughs> we're triggered and Nomveliso are saying that for most people that are triggered, it's that how dare you bother to be pricing at that price? Here's the crazy thing, though. 
that woman, if she had decided that her pricing is 85 Rand or or whatever price she had chosen, if she decided to go below that, it would have been problematic for her because then she is pricing because imagine she has expanded. She's done. Who knows what she does to her Malam Khodu, right? Maybe she's sat and spent hours working on it, perfecting it, adding things. Guys, there is no one way to cook Malam Khodu, right? We can all add our own different spices and our own little extra things. We all have our own little secret things that we do when we cook. So what if her secret thing is her secret thing and it makes that and people go crazy and that's why they're willing to pay that much for the plate. So imagine she has expanded in terms of cooking this dish, right? She has absolutely expanded vibrationally speaking, is there another word? Like, I don't really like to use words like vibrationally speaking because it's most people like kind of, uh, it becomes too airy fairy. But basically what I want to say is like, imagine she has put in so much time, energy, effort, magic. She's done all this work around this to perfect this dish. So in terms of her cooking skills, in terms of chefing skills, it's not about the fact that this is a traditional dish. Maybe she has evolved. She has taken the dish a step further. So she has literally energetically started to expand to a higher level. But then her pricing is at this level. There is a whole energetic disconnect, right? The people that she wants to attract will literally come at her at this at a I will want her at this level but then she won't be able to attract them because she's at this level and guess what she won't sell she won't sell to the people that are willing to buy at a lower price why because it's not your pricing that is attracting people it's your energy so if she feels deep down that her pricing should be 85 rand and she's resentful and scared and all those things and she's charging at 45 rand which is probably like three dollars or something she's charging at that price but she is really wanting to charge here because she's scared guess what that fear is what people are reacting to and that fear is going to block all those clients and that resentment that oh people don't see that my uh, my cooking skills are so amazing that's just gonna mess up everything so she's gonna energetically start to block right but also those people will not connect to her at that pricing i promise you and i'm gonna share a story of how i know this like i know it i've been taught the biggest lesson of my life and i (laughs) so this is how i know about pricing and low pricing when you know that you should be pricing higher right so those people will not feel her. The lowest people will not feel her. Energy is your right? They will be responding to her energy and her energy is here. So even if she prices here, they'll just be like, we just don't feel her. Something's wrong with her, man. We just don't like her food. We don't like the vibe of the restaurant. Because that's not her people, right? And because she's pricing here, her people are over here. They come and they look at that and like, nah, we're not feeling that. Like the pricing, her self-worth, they don't know how to articulate it that way, right? But they're just not feeling it. So in the end, she's not able to sell to anyone, right? Because she's trying to price low to make everybody happy. So this is the 
danger of underpricing, right? Is that energetically your vibration is not where your price is, but you're trying to stay at that vibration, but you've already expanded beyond that pricing. So let me tell you all a story of how I know this. You guys remember last year I created... Um, journaling course, right? <laughs> a one-year journaling course called hashtag live with intention. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. I wasn't, and I said, no money magic students should sign up. It's going to be an intro course and it's a six hour a week journaling course. And yeah, the course is done. I created it. So it was that you were going to sign up for the course and for as you sign up for the course, you're going to do the work little by you're going. I'm going to be doing I'm going to be building the course as you do the course with me. Right. So we'll be doing I'll be building the course and you'll be doing the course with me at the same time. <laughs> wow. So I thought I was like, no, this course is going to be a full high value course, high content course journaling course just without the meditations it's going to have some of the journaling prompts that I share with you guys but so imagine six hours of some of these core of some of these journaling prompts like even last night I was looking at lesson 22 I was like oh my god I literally copied the lesson 22 from the heart mind money course I was like I can't believe I asked such intense journaling prompts and questions so Georgia comes from this course, right? She shared how she shifted and everything because of this course. But then I started, so then I was like, no, this is going to be a course for people that I know they can't afford oh, uh, the money magic course because it's too expensive for them. So I'm going to price it at a way, way lower, almost giveaway price, especially for the value that I give for this course. So I did it at 400 Rand a month right? Which is like, uh, what is it? $25 a month for six hours of journaling inner work every single day for, uh, uh, no, six hours a week of journaling work for a whole year. So deep stuff. This is where like I started working on the God wound and all the God wound worksheets. Are in started in the heart mind money course the fear of losing love lesson is in that now I call it the heart mind money course and I'll explain um, why that course is not available and what I then did with that course right so it's the hashtag live with intention course so I was like I'm going to do the hashtag live with intention I'm going to do that and that's going to be the price <laughs> so I did that and I was like it's a low priced option it's better it's like the money magic course only like lower priced and without the meditation but if you do this I know you will shift right and Georgia is proof that if you do it you will shift so and Lungi as well so Lungi Le also comes from that course right so Lungi and Georgia come from that course so <laughs> the irony is that so then I started with like 15 students in that course at 400 rand a month and I started it in February last year by April, I had like four people left in that course. Four people, y'all. People were defaulting, they weren't paying. People were sending me messages like, this is too much work. 
people literally sent me emails to say, you're giving too much value to us and this is too much work. We can't do this course. Like literally people fell out of the course and they defaulted, which is so fascinating. You know, in all the years that I've been running the Money Magic course, as I've been hiking up the prices every time I felt guided to hike up the price, there are so few defaults. I can count on one hand in all the years that I've uh, run the, the uh, Money Magic course, the number of people that default on, month on monthly payments. It's not even been five people. And I've been doing this for years. And this course is more in terms of pricing, right? Same with my coaching. I can, there's been, I've never had a person default on paying my coaching fees or anything. So this was so fascinating because I was like, I'm going to create the lowest priced product with the highest value and I'm going to offer it and it's going to be amazing, right? And people were literally like, we cannot do this course. It's too much work. You're offering too much value. All these things. And people defaulted. And I literally taught two students, Lungi and Georgia, for literally eight months because I committed to it. So I was like, even if it's two students, I'm going to commit to it. And now I give that course to all my coaching clients, right? They all get signed up into that course as part of the coaching package because there's so much other things that um, go that actually work in terms of journaling when I'm running, when I'm doing the coaching and getting them to journal. But that's what I did. And that was my first aha moment because I could not understand. I was like, this is a low priced course, but it's so valuable. And people that stick with the course see such incredible shifts. What is going on? And in fact, some people left that course. This is a true honest to goodness story. Most people left that course and signed up for the Money Magic course, which was more expensive. Somehow, this course made them feel too uncomfortable because it was offering too high. The, the value that was being given was too high for the pricing that they were paying. That blew my mind. So literally, people would say to me, Van, I'm deregistering from this course and I'm signing up for the Money Magic course. So actually some of the people in the Money Magic course now come from that course as well. So apart from Georgia and Lungi, I just remembered that halfway through the year, some people literally left me in that course and signed up for the Money Magic course because it was just so uncomfortable. So what that has constantly taught me is that, and what that's taught me and that one of the things that I teach clients is that as you expand, you will be tempted because you want to serve everybody to give the high value, to do everything and keep it at the low pricing. But people will not feel you. These people that are here and are looking for whatever is at that price that resonates with them at that vibration that they add, because that's where they are. They literally your energy is your currency, right? They are not responding so much to your pricing as to your energy. So they will say it's your pricing, but really it's just the most superficial thing that we know as humans to say. Really, it's your energy because we don't we don't know how to be like, uh, your energy is not, it's not where I'm at, right? It's just like, so they won't be able to, they won't meet you 
at that price. And so what you end up doing is that the people that would have bought your product and service at this price are not buying it because now you're literally focused on your, you're focusing yourself at this price point and at this level. But they are here. They have expanded there. So they're not even looking at that price point, right? They're not even considering people at this price point because they've expanded beyond that and that's not in their vicinity or whatever right and then you've got <laughs> and then the people that are here and are looking at that price point are responding to your energy that is over here and they're like nope we're not feeling you they heard that like the people that are getting you at this price point are loving you but they are not able to connect with you because you're not at that same energy level so then what ends up happening is you end up actually you end up thinking oh what what most of us then think is that we need to even price way lower so my price may actually be too high i need to drop my price even further so what we then do is we drop the price even further right and Obviously, now you're going like all the way crazy, right? So nothing is actually happening. And then you feel stuck and you think, oh my God, I'm doing all this work, but I'm offering this, I'm doing this, and nothing is actually happening for me. I'm actually, sorry, one of the neighbors just saw me, so she just waved. So nothing is actually happening for me, so... And that means that I'm not, a, that means that everything is falling apart. This is not working for me. When really, because you've expanded what, what you are being called to do energetically is hike up your price, right? It's a literally hike up your price because you're not at, you're not playing at the energy level where the people that are looking for you are and where the people that can connect to your energy are. So you're literally just like spinning yourself, you spin around. I wonder if this is making sense to you guys, right? So the best example that I can use is think of someone who has gotten a master's or a PhD and then they believe I don't have experience in my job, right? So I'm going to apply for entry level jobs because I have no experience. But you've got a master's degree, you've got a PhD, and you keep applying for those jobs. You don't get those jobs because you're overqualified, right? But then you think there's something wrong with you. Oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I need to get all this experience. And you keep applying and you're not getting those jobs because you just overqualified, right? And what most of us do is we keep applying for those entry-level jobs, even when we've got the master's and we've got the PhD, when really that's the time when you're like, I've got the PhD, I've got the master's. I need to be applying for the jobs at that level because that's what people are, when people look at you. In fact, when you apply for the entry-level jobs, people are like, huh? What? That doesn't make sense. There's a whole disconnect, right? There's a whole disconnect in what you're offering and what you're uh, in your educational background and what you're applying for. And then people start thinking all sorts of things and then your resume is chucked out. But when you're going at that master's level and at that PhD level, that's what you're expected to do. Right. So that's also another thing. And this works also in terms of pricing. So if I'm applying at that uh, it also works in terms of salary so not in pricing but if i've got a phd and then i'm applying for a 
entry-level career and salary post. Do you see how there's like a whole disconnect there? And energetically, people can sense you're not an entry-level person. So why are you going for the entry-level job? Why are you? And we, nobody says apply for the entry-level. We are the ones that decide for ourselves that I don't have enough experience. I need to go for that entry-level job. I don't have enough experience. I need to stick at this particular level. I need to ask for the salary. Regardless of all your experience, all your qualifications, all that. And then you're overqualified, right? And what often happens is that you end up really frustrated and upset, right? But more often than not, you spend your days spinning your wheels and nobody's giving you the opportunities that you want. Nobody's giving, uh, giving you the opportunity to hire you or to work with you. And it's got nothing to do with the company. It's got nothing to do with anyone but yourself and your self-perception. So and sometimes things are not happening, not because we're overpricing, but actually because we're actively keeping ourselves at a lower level and the way we're trying to get the people there are not getting us. So that's when you need to up it a notch, like literally up it a notch, right? So when you do that and start playing at the level that you know you should be playing at, start pricing at the level that you know you should be pricing at, you know, start asking for the salary that you know you should be asking for, the post that you should be applying for. That's what you're being called to do. Stop going backwards. Stop moving a step back and underpricing further because that's actually going to hold you back even more. Allow your expansion and own your expansion. So Lebochan, you say, wow. <laughs> Sorry, it's like my phone is a little far. So wow, that's me right there applying for posts I'm overqualified for because of lack of experience. Yeah. So please stop doing that. Start going for those posts that you know you qualify for. Just do that. Don't worry about experience. You'll figure it out, right? Because it's actually not working, right? Because then you drive yourself crazy and you're not, you're literally like going for entry level posts, but you're overqualified, but that's actually not where you should be. And then they're denying you, not because you're not good enough, but because... <laughs> You're not there. Like you deserve better. You should. <laughs> it's okay to. They want you at the higher post, but then we are the ones that actively hold ourselves back, right? And then we start creating those doubts and we start thinking, I'm not good enough. And then we start going even lower and lower and lower in our post. And this is something that I did for years, right? I had a finance degree. And I literally couldn't see myself as anything apart from a waitress for years, right? And then I believed that for me to get an entry-level post, I needed to do an MBA. But I'd had experience as a mining and energy analyst, right? So for years, I couldn't get employed. And now I get it, right? I mean, after the, um, the uh, hashtag live with intention course, I got it. Like I was like, oh my God, this also healed me of all that job drama. Because I was literally applying for waitressing positions with my finance degree. I had a I had a lot of self-esteem issues, guys, like I did, right? Because, and that also comes from my upbringing and my inner child trauma. So 
for me, I literally thought that was the best I could do. That when I have my finance degree from UCT, and by the way, I was like, I graduated really well. I've never failed this. I'd never failed a subject at university, never done anything. I'd held down three jobs, paid my way through university, and I so couldn't see my own value and uh, like what I like the work that I could do. I just thought that, oh, if I have a finance degree, the best I can do is I, I get a waitressing job. And I did that for years. I lived like that. I traveled like that all over London. That's how I ended up on the cruise ship because for me, it never ever entered my mind that I could apply for a financing, like a low level bookkeeping uh, position or something on a cruise ship. It was like, waitressing. I did that in London. I could have applied for accounting posts, but I just, I didn't think of it like finance posts, none of that. And then when I decided I wanted an entry-level position, I was like, I'm going to get an MBA. And I literally applied for entry-level posts with an MBA and a background as a mining and energy analyst and never got hired. <laughs> right. And it makes sense. Right now, looking back, I can understand it. But the beauty of it is that like it all led me to this work and to wealthy money. And I can start to teach this. And this is something that I see we do consistently as black women. And it's not just my upbringing. It was also that as so, for society and it's not just black women and women of color that I see struggle with this. I see also white women struggle with this is that we are overqualified, but then we go for that entry level post. We don't shoot our shot, as men would say, like, right? As a lot of, as like the Twitterati would say, not just men, but like just the, the Twitterati say, it's like on Twitter, which is like, shoot your shot. We don't do that. And then we just like overqualified, but like, going for posts that are so low, you find like, especially with women of color, coaches that are like, over like charging a x amount for so much work right so now that i've covered that <laughs> i want to talk about the other part of the pricing right so here's the thing so where so yes you go you you apply so oh lebohang you say uh <laughs> A true, I decided for myself, ah, Vangile, you've got a male right there. You've got a male right there. <laughs> and Claire, you say this white woman is exactly like this. Yeah, like I do tend to think it's a gender thing, to be honest, because um, I coach a lot of um, white men. I coach white men. I coach black men. I coach white women. I coach black women and other women of color. And I just noticed that men will post, when I ask the men, what's your salary, <laughs> like, what is your salary goal or your income goal? They'll like just choose the wildest number and without blinking, that's the goal that we're going to work on. With women, like literally the smallest possible goal. And then I... I literally spend the session then going, okay, can we at least double this, triple it, and then get to the point where we've quadrupled it at the end of the session so that it's it's like literally average by market standards. And I found that so sad, saddening, but also so interesting, right? Because I, I'm like that, and I think we're all like that, you know? Even now, I'm like that. 
but it's just so, so interesting. I found it fascinating and it's something that I'm aware of, right? So, you're saying, um, I'm also realizing how I'm exactly like this, going for the entry level position. So, you say thanks to Lebohang. Uh, yeah, so, whew, yeah, so it's really, really deep, right? So, now let's talk about when, so now you're at this, you decide to price at the price that is working with you energetically, even if it's not like the highest price, but it's the price that you know, because we know when we're underpricing, right? It's the price that you know, your heart has been saying, this is what I should be pricing at, right? And your your heart has been telling you and you know this and you know that I need to get the master's position or the PhD position. Why? Because you have a master's and you have a PhD, right? You know this. So um, now the whole thing of what, another reason why it won't work, why you may not be paid that salary amount and you, why you may not attract those clients or get that position is because you are still not believing that you are worth that much, right? So you have a lot of wounding and blocks around the price itself and the salary itself, which is where the inner work now comes in for real, right? That's when you start to do the, that's when we need to do the work around our vows of service. So because the vow of service is deep, right? So if we have a vow of service, that's a vow to work for little or no money, right? So if you can, so then it becomes about healing those vows and healing the God wound. It also becomes a lot about doing the lesson seven meditations that it needs to be hard to make money because that's when like everything is starting to clash with this new price point is that it doesn't feel like, oh my God, it should be hard. I should have to work 10 years in my entry level position to be able to get the master's and PhD position even if I have hold a PhD, right? So then you need to work through those stories and start healing those stories and also start healing the pricing stories that, oh, nobody will buy at the 85 rand a plate. Nobody will buy if I charge this much. Bearing in mind that there are restaurants all over the world that charge, that literally charge like $1,000 for like, a bottle of wine and $20,000 for bottles of wine or whatever. And for meals where you can easily drop a thousand dollars on a meal or like, which is like 15,000 rand or something. Right? So if that's already happening around the world, why can't you charge what you want to charge? Right? So then it becomes about doing that work. And then maybe it's about maybe just retweaking your branding changing how changing the branding that you have because maybe the branding itself is also having something but it will never be so much the outer work like doing the branding so before you even do the branding which is important obviously and the marketing and doing your cv or your resume or whatever the heck you want to do all that it has to be about the work within because if those energetic blocks and your inner child is coming out to play and your good enough stories are now coming 
fully to the party and they will come fully to the party because now you're literally hiking up your price and you're saying I'm choosing to change my perception of self and I'm choosing to change what I believe my work is worth I have decided that my work is worth this much because I'm the one that's doing the work and you're starting to own that your good enough stories are going to come fully to your, to the surface the vows of loyalty the vows of rebellion we have towards our families are going to come fully to the surface especially if no one in your family has ever charged that much for x amount of work you know then it's going to be like whoa everything will start to fall apart right because now you're charging for this pricing it's not that i just wake up and decided i'm worth this much and then you change that pricing no is that you know you should be pricing higher then you do it and then you do all those stories around the pricing and this is where i think the income challenge comes to play right because then you can start I do some of that work around that and the journal prompts come into play you know it's like who would I be if I never had these thoughts or are starting to really reframe the questions and rethink things and healing your inner child around that so be totally prepared that as you hike up the price everything will fall apart and this is completely normal right as you go for that job and you start applying at that job level things start to feel like ah it starts to feel heavy it starts to feel impossible that's just your stories coming to the party making themselves known and you just need to and that's when you instead of pushing and going from pillar to post and then like pretending that that's not there doing like pretend like pretending that you're not feeling this affirming things away doing affirmations and all that and then applying for jobs stop that's when you go within and then you do the inner work and you start to heal those stories right so that they don't so that they don't keep haunting you and keep affecting you and uh causing you to basically self sabotage Okay, so that's it, guys. Whew, I think like I've done a lot today. I think like my time away has been <laughs> super valuable so far. I, it's been a while since I've been doing um, lives, even during the um, income challenge. So yeah, I want us to really like reflect on this, right? So have a fantastic day. As usual, post in the group. Let me know your feedback. What are your what's your aha moment? What are your insights? What are things that you're real you're realizing you may need to change and shift in order to start um moving forward and um manifesting the income goal thank you so much for showing up for two back-to-back -back lives <laughs> okay cheers i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you find this podcast helpful and enlightening please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on itunes or leave a comment on youtube and of course share it with your family and friends i would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast which would really make my day also as a bonus if you're interested in changing your spending habits i have a complimentary ebook for you you can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook 
Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.